I beat you to it. Yeah, I don't get the you got you got a great Corey Feldman. Hey, I'm Corey Feldman. You expecting maybe the Adams family? Oh, I'm a vegetarian. You already know. <laughs> you know can't do it. Can't do it. That was great. I, I I have a bad smoking habit, so that like inhibits me from doing a good Corey Feldman impression. <laughs> so. Well, see, that alone should inspire you to stop. I know. Well, yeah, that's what did it. Sorry, honey. Corey Feldman. <laughs> Corey Feldman. He made me quit. Bob told me it was okay. Dudes, Michelangelo here, you know, the master of the whirling pizzas. And you, my friend, are listening to Turtle Flakes, a bodacious bowl of Ninja Turtles goodness, brought to you by my radical dudes, Rob and Josh. Cowabunga! Cowabunga dudes and dudettes, and welcome to another episode of Turtle Flakes. Uh, today, I think we are on episode 44, and today we are covering the uh, IDW comic issue Oh, this is bad, Josh. What, what issue is it? 58. 58. Number See, that's 58. why I got Josh here. He's my wingman. Hi, everyone. <laughs> I don't know why I keep waving at the computer. I don't know why I do that. Yeah, it's an audio podcast, man. They can't see you. Yeah, I know. Man, you know, I, I, I've been podcasting for this long, and I've never really... I don't think I've ever had a camera to podcast with, so... I get to see I Josh, but he never gets to see me when we're talking. I see a picture of you and your wife, so it's like the both of you are just judging me from afar. <laughs> Yeah, you know, I don't even know what picture's up there. Jeez. It's probably old. It's an older picture. I know that much. Do I have facial hair? No, you don't. Okay, it's old. <laughs> but, you, but you look the same in all these pictures. Oh, thanks, man. Thank you. Well, you I, really I don't do. know if that's a compliment or not. <laughs> well, you're kind of like a vampire. You just don't age. Oh, right. <laughs> oh, well, sweet. Uh, well, anyways, guys... Um, Hope you've all had a great week, and uh, if you haven't checked out the last episode, we covered, we had a new mini-series called um, Ninja Pizza, where we are covering the Archie comics, things like that. We're going to try to also discuss some, maybe some forgotten things from the past, you know, regarding maybe the adventure books, uh, like, the, I mean, the uh, storybooks. You remember the storybooks, Josh? Oh, yeah, I had a couple of them. You sent me one for Christmas, yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, the, was that the Donatello one? It was the Donatello one. That was the one that I had when I was a kid, too. Oh, that's cool. You know you know what's funny about that is I had that uh, same one when I was a kid. The um, Was it the Magic Crystal or something crystal? Yeah, the crystal on, on, tied to the pencil. Yeah. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we're going to try to discuss those as well. You know, just kind of talk a little bit about everything there, uh, you know, a little bit more on the obscure side. And it's really cool. I wanted to give my friend Ken um, a shout-out. He uh, sent me an email it's an adaptation, an audio adaptation of the Archie comics. It was um, no way. Yeah, yeah, and it's really uh, funny. Like the guy who did the voices is uh, some of them are spot on, and some of them are not even close. Yeah. But, but it's great. You know, it's got its own charm to it. And the, the lady who uh, plays April sounds just like her. So wow. uh, yeah, I'm very impressed. But uh, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. We'll have to you know review those one day. So, but anyways, man, how's your week been uh, this week? I've not gotten to talk to you in a couple weeks. Yeah, it's been a little while. Yeah, it's just like, you know, been really busy. It's going to be a really busy week the rest of this week. I've got a bunch of stuff to do for work that I just do not want to do <laughs> at all. Like I have to go I have to go travel for work on Friday and I'm just not looking forward to it. So, but it's just going to be you know, it's only I'm going to be a couple hours away. That's it. And then they're like, "Oh, you're going to stay over through Saturday?" I was like, "No, I'm not doing that." So, <laughs> I drive there. I have to leave at like 
five o'clock in the morning to be there by eight. Oh, geez. For this, for these classes for work that I just don't want to do. It's just more responsibility in a job that I don't know why I'm still there. <laughs> so, <laughs> you ever see uh, Office Space? Oh yeah, man. Oh yeah, yeah. The, uh, I, you know, I actually had a boss just like Bill Lumberg. Oh, We're going to need you to come in on Saturday, and uh, go ahead and come in on Sunday, too. That'd be great. Thanks. Yeah. See, I thought that movie was a comedy when I was younger, and then I grew up and realized that movie's a documentary. <laughs> yeah, it just, really is. It really is. It really is. <laughs> Man, no, but, uh, I mean, that aside, I've had a pretty good week. I've uh, got a uh, pretty cool turtle pickup this week that I was really excited about. There was, I, I try to collect as many of the old graphic novels as I can, the... Uh, I've got all the Mirage collected books, but there was one that was like just stupid expensive. <laughs> For the 2007 CGI movie, they released a miniseries of comics for the Ninja Turtles. Mirage released them, and they were a one-shot for all four Turtles, April, and then the comic adaptation of the movie. And they put them together in one trade paperback called the uh, Collected Book right here. Oh, and Nice. It was so expensive every time I saw it, and like I could only find it brand new, like poly bagged and everything, and it was like going for 150 to 200. Oh my goodness! I'm thinking no, not for a trade paperback. Sorry. And I found it for 45 on Amazon, and I just pit, I just hit purchase. Didn't care if I got paid yet. Didn't really care <laughs> what happened. Didn't tell my wife about it until oh yeah, this came in the mail. I, you know. <laughs> I've done that before. Yep. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I'm like, oh, geez, I, I didn't tell you. I thought I, I forgot. Geez. But yeah, got got that. It's really cool. It's in black and white. Jim Lawson actually illustrates a couple of the issues. Oh, see, I didn't know that. Yeah, he illustrates the Donatello issue. Yeah, you know what's cool about a lot of the adaptations is the movie adaptation, the first movie one, and I want to say even the second one, Secret of the Ooze, Jim Lawson mm -hmm. drew those, the comic adapta adaptations of those. And oh, I, don't, wow. I don't know if he did the third one, but I've got all three of them. And you can definitely tell, especially issue one, or um, the first film adaptation, that's totally his art style. And uh, I love it, man. It, and I got it for... Uh, I got it in that lot of um, all those Archie comics. It was just thrown that in there with it. And I think I might even have an extra. If I do, maybe we could do some kind of giveaway for it. Oh, yeah, we definitely, yeah. So did you get anything else, man? Um, Let's see. Speaking of the uh, the Archie comics, the adventure comics, uh, my wife and I celebrated our anniversary two weeks ago. Oh, yeah. Congratulations, Celebr buddy. Thank you very much. We celebrated our third wedding anniversary, and she hooked me up. She got me all 11 of the adventure graphic novels that IDW puts out. Oh, wow. All 11 volumes of that. And I was just thinking, whoa. She just handed me this box, and it was heavier than my car. Opened <laughs> it up, and it's all 11 volumes. I was like, oh, man. See, listeners, that is true love right there. Right there, yeah. <laughs> that is turtle power. <laughs> <laughs> She's like, yeah, I knew you like some turtle stuff, whatever. Yeah, okay, here you go. Oh, that's a good woman, man. You, you yeah. did well. <laughs> I did. I don't know how I did, but I did. That's so. a, just like my situation. I don't know how I did it, but I'm not complaining. <laughs> <laughs> just don't screw it up. I know that's my thing. That's just don't mess it up. But I was born with my foot in my mouth, so I always, uh, you know, make things interesting. <laughs> there it is. Yeah. Well, sweet man. Well, I didn't get a whole lot uh, the last week or so, but one thing that I did get that I ordered back in um, March was it's a poster. It's a, a drawing that was done by uh, Peter Laird and. Kevin Eastman, and it was colored by Steve Levine, 
And Steve Levine, he's got his own shop. I think it's called Shellback Artworks. Mm-hmm. I think it's in Maine. And they got a really cool Facebook page. I'll, I'll provide a link in the show notes for it. Uh, he, I just randomly just stumbled across this sketch that he had had, and he uh, was going to sign them. It's a really cool shot. It's the turtles on uh, a rooftop, and Shredder's like over top of him, about to jump on all four of them. Really, really cool, cool poster. Um, and Steve Levine was kind enough to sign it, but he also sent me an email and said, "Hey, Peter Laird's going to be by the shop in about a month." Uh, you know, would you, would you want him to sign it too? I said, yeah, of course. No. Yeah. <laughs> no, that guy, geez. Uh, so, yeah, he, he was kind enough to have um, them both sign it. Both of them had a little turtle sketch on the bottom of it. That's cool. Yeah, yeah, so I'm going to go ahead and get it framed. And the cool thing is um, Steve Levine, just I can already tell just by corresponding with him uh, through email, He's funny. He was already putting uh, Jim Lawson down. He's like, yeah, I heard Jim Lawson was on your show three times. He's like, can you believe that? <laughs> So he he's agreed to come on the show. The nicest oh. nicest guy it seems like. So Steve Levine oh, will be on our show. That's really cool. Yeah, that's awesome. yeah. Because hey, we're moving on up, man. Moving up, yeah, man. Yeah. I just feel like I'm just I'm grasping onto your coattails there. Like, <laughs> no hey, way, take pal. me with you, please. <laughs> well, I'll tell you what. I'll give you I'll give you part of my profits there, which is zero dollars. Okay. Actually, I'm losing money. Well, what is what part of your profits? What is part of a diet Mountain Dew? I don't get that. <laughs> I you know I don't know. You get to keep the cap. Awesome. I get the little tab that you take off the top. So. Ah, there you go, buddy. Just for you. <laughs> awesome. <laughs> well, sweet. Yeah, but that that's been about it, man. So, um, before we get into the comic, uh, I just got a, a couple of real quick bits. Uh, you know, some you know top of the show stuff. Uh, for one, uh, really cool thing. I didn't know that we weren't on Google Play, but now we are. Um, I, I went ahead and uh, submitted the RSS feed, so for a lot of you Android users, if you prefer Google Play, we are officially on there now, so you can go ahead and check us out there. That's another way that you can't get rid of us. <laughs> <laughs> um, we're like dandruff. We're yeah. <laughs> always there, so don't wear black. Yeah, right. And then uh, another really cool thing is we got a few nice reviews this week. If you're listening, I wanted to go ahead and publicly thank you. Okay, here they are. Um, so the first one is from... Claw's cousin. Here's what he had to say. He said, this is a nifty little podcast that pretty much covers all the corners of the TMNT franchise, from the comics to the cartoons to the toys, games, and various characters, etc. My favorite standout episodes have to have been the two-parter with Jim Lawson and the interview with Kevin Eastman. The two hosts are very enthusiastic over these characters, so they, they know their stuff. I'm a huge fan of the original and current comic books and the 2000 animated series, so it's great when they cover those particular corners of this franchise. What's great here is that they don't cover, or they don't just cover or reminisce about the original campy cartoon and toys, but cover a wide plethora of topics on what makes the TMNT so great and timeless. My only recommendation is that they get more special guests in for interviews, uh, be it from the comics to the past and present and animated series or movies. So, man, thanks a lot. That was a really nice very, review. Very, very thorough, too, man. We appreciate that, and it, it means a lot. You know, we have fun doing this, and then it, it, it's nice to hear... That that listeners also enjoy what we're trying to do. I don't know how 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 easy is it to get an interview with any of the creators or voice actors that you've had on the show. Well, you know, you know, believe it or not, it's not hard at all. It it really isn't. You know, I expected it to be harder. Um, yeah, because like your third episode, you had Pat Fraley on the show. So. I didn't expect that at all. At all. Yeah. It was one of those things I just took a shot in the dark. I saw his website. I saw his email address. I sent him an email. Hey, we're starting this podcast. We would love to have you on. We're huge fans. He's like, yeah, sure. How does this date work for you? And I was like, we will make it work. Yeah, we'll make it work, yeah. <laughs> yeah. 
the great thing is uh, just about everybody that we've reached out to has been so incredibly kind and, and accommodating. Jim Lawson, I remember one time I got the flu or something happened. Mm-hmm. Uh, we were supposed to record that day, and I, I, I reached out to him. I said, I'm so sorry. I can't do it. He's like, oh, yeah, no problem. I'll just talk to you next week. You know, it was like no big deal, you know, yeah. which, again, just furthers my uh, my love and appreciation for, you know, all the people involved. But, yeah, there, there's some that there's some that we have planned. Oh, boy, I'll tell you, a goal of mine for the show, I want to get Peter Laird on. I know. Yeah, I got to get see- Peter Laird on. I know he doesn't do a lot of interviews. I was gonna say I, I don't I don't know the guy obviously, but he seems really reclusive. Like yeah, that's exactly kind of how I see him. You know, like um, and know. I don't know if he's just private or if he just got burned on a couple of interviews early on in his career. You know? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. I'm willing to bet he's just a private guy, just kind of like just stays away from that. But just I don't know. Yeah, based on everything I've said, like I got a friend that has met him. As a matter of fact, big shout-out to Joe. Uh, he's got his own podcast called The Radical Retro Roundup. Uh, Joe Copel, really cool guy, uh, big friend of uh, the Retro Junkies community. He and I actually talked about the Ninja Turtles, and we were talking about you know the, the contrast between Kevin Eastman's uh, personality and what Peter Laird's personality seems like and how you actually can see that in the comic book a little bit. Where And you know what blew my mind was Kevin Eastman, he said he was always like Raphael and uh, – Donatello was definitely Peter Laird, and I'm like, yeah. man, I could see the the Donatello being Peter Laird, but Kevin Eastman is Raphael. I just, I always thought that Kevin Eastman would be more like a Michelangelo, you know? Yeah, maybe, but yeah. you know, you don't want to be, you don't want to make him angry. No, oh, that's know? true. No, you wouldn't like him when he's angry. <laughs> no, know? no, but uh, but yeah. So, Claus cousin, thank you so much for the great interview. We got uh, some people lined up. Steve Levine's coming. I know I can get Jim Lawson again. I I hope I can get him again because there's so many. Other stories he wrote that I'd love to talk to him about. Uh, he's my probably my my personal favorite writer. But I'd also like to get some people associated with the the current cartoon, the Nick Show. I'd like to do that, and just just anybody that we can, you know. Uh, I'd love to get Rob Paulson on. Oh gosh, I know Townsend Coleman said he'd come back, and I know um, Kevin Eastman said he'd come back uh, when the movie yeah. comes out. So lot lot of cool things coming um, down the pike. So. I would love to talk to Seth Green. We gotta get Seth Green on the show. That would be cool. I'd love that. <laughs> yeah, he would be really cool to have on here. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh my gosh. If... What do you like better, turtles or robot chicken? I know you created one of them, but which one's better? Come on. <laughs> yeah, come on. Well, we're the, we ask the hard questions. <laughs> yeah. That's sweet. Well, so our next review comes from John DMCC, uh, and this is what it says. For the Turtle fan, one must find their way to this podcast. Informative, enthusiastic, and amusing. These guys know their turtles. If you're a fan of these of uh, the green guys, you need to listen to this. It's a must listen. Uh, oh, oh, this is John from the Nerdities, which is a YouTube show uh, dedicated to a lot of uh, retro topics. Uh, oh, I oh, actually, okay. I met him um, at the Lexington Comic Con. Uh, he was there, and I, he and I just kind of talking about Ninja Turtle stuff and. It was, it was kind of fun. I think they even had me on one of their videos uh, talking about, like, who would win in a fight, but I couldn't remember who the matchup was <laughs> now. But it, it was really cool. Very, very cool, guys. Check out um, uh, their website. It's The Nerdities. So that's N-E-R-D-I-T-I-E-S. So check that out. And then the last one is uh, another five-star, very nice, uh, from Jay Mario. And he says... This is an excellent show. It focuses on old uh, or new and old TMNT material. I prefer the vintage stuff, but I still love the TMNT discussions. You know, whether it be the IDW comics or the Nicktoon, uh, they're also uh, very humorous too. 
Highly recommended to any turtle fans. So, wow. Oh. You know, we we didn't get these reviews until you came on the show, buddy. <laughs> that's that's probably true. That's but, it. <laughs> but you know what? I mean, there's a lot more reviews that you guys have for Turtle Flakes than I have for Bargain Bin Radio. Like the only the only reviews I have on Bargain Bin Radio are you and my wife. <laughs> the only ones that have been... Oh no no! I think there's another one on there. Yeah, well, I think you reviewed it twice. I don't oh, know. Well, that's kind of guy. Hey, listeners, if you guys have not listened to Bargain Bin Radio, it's it's awesome. It's my personal favorite show, and I'm not just saying that because Josh is oh, here. Thank you. I, yeah. I I really I've I've always loved that show. So thank you. Yeah, it's me and Nicole keep meaning to come. Like we were going to record this weekend uh, because we really want to talk about Batman v Superman versus Captain America Civil War. Oh, we really and see which one of those versus movies is better. And it's just like we just don't have the time. Mm. You know, it's just. It sucks. <laughs> I, I, I know the feeling. I know the feeling. That's why uh, I think the last time we had talked, you know, I, I, that's why I had to quit um, the Retro Junkies and Genesis Gems. I just couldn't do it all. There's no way. Working full time, my son is five months old, you know, so, you know, he requires a lot of, you know, attention and stuff. And, you know, you yeah. just, just don't have the time, you know, so I had to, I had to stick with. I had to keep Turtle Flakes going, uh, but that's all I could have had the time to do. I mean, it was hard because. You know, I love all three shows. They're like three of my children, you know, in a way, because yeah, I, I, you know, I help create them with some of my very close friends, and and I, I miss I miss that. You know, I'll listen to their show. I'm like, oh, I wish I was there. You know, but I, I can't do it. There's no way. Yeah. But you know, you just got to prioritize and and uh, you know, do the best you can. Yeah, it's kind of like, well, you know, do I want to record or do I want to write? You know, which one do I do this weekend? It's like, well, we keep trying to write too. You know, it's just. It's just, and you're you're home at the end of the day after a long day at work, and just you're sitting there in front of the TV, and you just don't really want to get up every now and then. So, oh yeah, you ever, you ever just sit in front of the TV and you're just like, ah, I know I should be doing some productive, but I just don't feel like it. Just don't want to. <laughs> and since I'm an adult, I don't have to. <laughs> right? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. That's right. for, for me, it's video games, man, or or a book. Um, like if I have a book or something like that, or a, a video game. First of all, I don't have the time. I used to have with that now that I have a child and I'm sure you definitely know what that's like. You oh like, yeah. A little bit. <laughs> uh, but you know, when I did finally get a chance to play a video game or something like that that I've been meaning to play, I feel almost guilty. Yeah. I mean, am I the only one? No, you don't no, it's I mean, Nicole just got Doom uh oh. two weeks ago when it came out. Very cool game. And Nicole just bought that and uh so I was sitting there playing it. And all five of my kids just stopped what they were doing and sat in front of the TV and watched me play it. <laughs> That's and I'm cool. sitting there taking a demon and cutting him in half with a double-bladed <laughs> chainsaw. And I'm thinking to myself, I am the worst possible father right now <laughs> because they should not be seeing this. So it's like that, Mortal Kombat, Dark Souls, uh, just 95% of my games my kids can't see. So by the time all my kids are in bed, I've got an hour before I start feeling like I need to sleep too. Yep. It's yep. like, what game are you going to play? It's like, oh, just keep watching Hulu or something, <laughs> whatever. I know. you got to choose wisely. I know exactly what you're saying. There's another episode of Ink Master on. I'll just watch that. So. I hear you, man. I, and the thing is, I keep buying the games, thinking, oh, i got all this time. So, same thing yeah. with books. I bought another time. book. I'm only 33. Yeah. <laughs> It'll happen. <laughs> It'll happen. I'll get around to it when I'm about retired. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> well, 
Well, hey, speaking of video games, Mutants in Manhattan, the new Ninja Turtle game's out. Oh, that's right. Yeah, I uh, pre-ordered that like the longest time ago. As, as soon as I could pre-order it, I got it. Oh, nice. I don't know if it's any good yet because I just haven't I haven't been able to play it. Well, well so. you know, uh, a big sh- oh, so you already have it then. Yeah, I got it on my Xbox One. Yeah. Oh man. Oh, you, well, I'll tell you. You're gonna have to let me know. I know. Um, big shout out to one of our listeners, uh, Thaddeus Manning. I mean, he's a diehard Ninja Turtles fan. You can tell. And he does a lot of video reviews of, of mm-hmm. toys, you know, current, a lot, a lot of new stuff that I've seen of his. And uh, he had gotten the video game. He wrote us a huge review, and it seemed very, very positive, you know, uh, as far as the gameplay and the artwork. It's what I've heard. I've heard it's a good game. I've heard it's really fun. Yeah, and the cool thing is that uh, Manny is Senal- uh, I can I don't know if I say his name right, Senalauco or Senaluco. Um, the the same guy who drew the IDW comics designed yeah. all the graphics for this. Uh, so it looks great. The only like real complaint I've heard about it is that the game is short. Oh, but really? It's it's short, but it's not a sixty dollar game. Like I got it for forty bucks. Oh, really? Yeah. I didn't know that. And uh, oh no, I'm sorry. I got it for fifty, but I got the uh, season pass, so I got like the DLC skins and stuff with it. Oh, cool. So it's probably a forty dollar game. You know, I mean, forty. But what are you gonna do with forty bucks anyway? I mean, you go out to, you take your girlfriend or your wife to a movie. That's forty bucks right there. I know, and that's sad. You especially if you get popcorn or something like that. Oh, geez. Not even uh, around here. Not even with the popcorn, man. Like tickets oh, are expensive goodness. up here. Yeah. I mean, but it's it looks really it looks like a lot of fun. My complaint with it, I do have a complaint, even though I haven't played it yet, <laughs> is is that there's and it's and it's it's reputable. Hold on. There's uh there's no local co-op. It's online co-op only. Oh, really? Huh. Yeah. And it was one of those things that I didn't find out about it until after I already bought it. That's kind of rare. You don't see that much. Well, you know, I mean, local co-op is not, I mean, outside of a fighting game, it's not really what it used to be anymore. That's true. You know, but but I mean, like, I read up on why there's no local co-op. It's because the developers said that they could never get the frame rate to be as smooth as a single-player experience hmm. going split-screen. So it was just like, well, I guess that is a pretty decent sacrifice, though. If you, I mean, if you can't get the game to play correctly, yeah, just you might as well just play online. So That's true. That's true. But there is four-player co-op online. So oh, that's, that, that's good. That's good. And, and when it's single-player, you can switch between the Ninja Turtles on the fly. So, like, you just push a button and you're Donatello. You push oh, up, nice. Down. You have to wait till game over and pr- press select, huh? <laughs> That's right. Yeah. <laughs> oh gosh, I miss those days. Oh sweet. Well, um, yeah. Speaking of video games, actually, um, uh, this this brings me to my next thing I was going to mention. I saw this all over the internet. Uh, I think two days ago. Uh, is it NECA? Uh, N E C A. Oh yes, NECA. Yeah, from the are they, are they out of San Diego? Is is that correct or? Oh man, you know I'm not sure. Uh, honestly, I, I don't really know. Yeah, I, th- I think they they. Regardless, I think they display a lot of their their toys at the San Diego Comic Cons a lot, and uh, apparently they have these um, arcade the original 1989 Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtle arcade game. They have figures that are kind of inspired by that game. You know, that the, yeah. they have a kind of the the eight bit 
I guess it wouldn't be 8-bit. I don't know what makes well, they've 16-bit. Got the, they've got the, the, uh, the sprites to them. The paint job is basically the sprites, you know? So. Right, and they look great. They look great. And I know you got all the colored foot soldiers and Shredder and everything. And, and I know the toy case is actually the same artwork that was on the arcade cabinet back in the day. So just really, really cool touch. And I'm, and I'm looking. I'm scouring everything. I'm like, where do you buy these? And I cannot find a link to buy them. I don't know if they're well, private they're... or... What they're advertising now is they're gonna they're going to um, display them at Comic Con. That's what they're advertising. I see. And then at Comic Con, they'll have the pre order information at Comic Con. I see. I see. Because I remember they did the same thing, and I think it was the same company for um, it was a Nintendo inspired Jason Voorhees from the Friday Thirteenth game. Yeah. NECA does a lot of video game characters, like they do the the uh, NES Jason Voorhees. Freddy Krueger, Batman, and they even got the Contra figures. Oh, cool. Very yeah. cool. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I was just like, take my money. I'm definitely going to get those. I don't care what they cost. <laughs> I'm going to get those because they're two four-packs. They basically you get all four Ninja Turtles, and then the other four-pack is Shredder and three Foot Soldiers. Ah, oh, that's awesome. Looks really cool. I'm, I'm, I'm at least going to get the Turtles because that's usually what I collect is just the Turtles. So I'm... Yeah, I'm waiting for the uh, the pre-order emailed to come to me from Big Bad Toy Store. So, well, I, you know, I I wish they'd uh, also include a couple of the other um, the villains. You know, like uh, I know Krang's in that, and I think you fight him either right before or right after Shredder. Right before, yeah. I mean, Bebop and Rocksteady should be a gift. That that should have been your four pack right there. It should have been Shredder, Krang, Bebop, and Rocksteady. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then yeah. Uh, maybe have uh, um, let's see, uh, Bebop and Rocksteady kind of pink. You know, because yeah. you know, they're glowing, because they're dying. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they just got to be flashing somehow. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, so I, I will definitely try to find a way to buy those when they come out, whenever they do. So, But, yeah, I'll, I'll provide a link in the show notes uh, about that so you can kind of see what we're talking about. Uh, it looks awesome, and it just totally takes you back. If you want to buy them, you shouldn't be advertising them, man. Don't, <laughs> don't do the pre-order. I mean, they it's are true. limited it's supply, true. and they are already sold out. They made two of them. Me and Rob have them. Sorry. We have them both, so just disregard <laughs> everything we just said. Yeah. <laughs> we'll edit this. Yeah, yeah. don't worry. <laughs> exactly. All right, man. Well, you want to talk about the comic? Yeah. Hello, Violators. You're in Casey's comic classroom. Prepare to be schooled. All right, so issue 58. So, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls... Welcome back to another episode of Turtle Flakes Presents the IDW Mutation Station. Love it. Nailed it. Nailed it. (laughs) I only get one, so I might as well make it work. So this issue really made me upset with Rob because I didn't want Leatherhead to be the bad guy and Leatherhead's a bad guy. Yeah. (sighs) Don't like to brag. (laughs) (laughs) But I guess I was expecting maybe the Adams family. (laughs) So... Oh, you beat me to it. <clears throat> I beat you to it, yeah. I don't get the... You got you got a great Corey Feldman. Hey, I'm Corey Feldman. You were expecting maybe the Adams Family? Oh, I'm a vegetarian. You already know, <laughs> you know Can't do it. Can't do it. That was great. I, I, I have a bad smoking habit, so that like inhibits me from doing a good Corey Feldman impression. <laughs> so. Well, see, that alone should inspire you to stop. I know. Well, yeah, that's what did it. Sorry, honey. Corey Feldman. <laughs> Corey Feldman. He made me quit. Bob told me it was okay. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, that's, yeah. that's a different podcast. We sh- I shouldn't have brought that up. Sorry. Yeah, I do need to quit, though. I really do. We can call it the Corey Cast. 
the Corey cat. <laughs> I can be Welcome Corey Haim sometimes. Six part expose of watching Josh quit smoking. Hilarity <laughs> ensues. So, <laughs> all right. So issue fifty eight is. Correct me if I'm wrong, but this is kind of another filler issue. It's like, this, yeah, yeah, it kind of is. But this ends in such a way to where it's okay. I I completely understand the last two issues you kind of needed to space out the big thing, and not to jump ahead too much, but I wanted to float this idea past you. The IDW series, if if, if nothing else, is like the best comic book series for cliffhangers. Oh, for sure. Sure. Like we should just do a po- a podcast called TMNT. Wait for it. <laughs> just talk about all of the cliffhangers in this series so far. Oh my goodness! And it's always used on the last page. I mean, they they get you on the last page just about every time. They're always the same. It's always like the last page is usually the bad guy has somebody by the collar and they're about to punch him. Yes. Or some good guy's beaten down on the ground and you see a shadow walking away from him, going ha 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 ha. Yeah, you know? exactly. Or somebody's dead. Or someone's dead. Yeah. yeah. Well, the one time it worked, but you know. <laughs> <laughs> right. Exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, it's insane. They, they they always do that. And you know, at first I was I don't want to be negative here. At first I was a little disappointed with the way it ended, and then I saw that last panel. I was like, oh, now I got to get the next issue. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it needs to be next month already. Right. Know? Exactly. Exactly. Because I got so many questions about that that last panel. Um, so this this story was written by Tom Waltz and Kevin Eastman and Bobby Kernow. Uh, art was done by Mattias Sanilauko and Dave Watcher. Apparently he did pages 18 through 20, which I did not know. That's that's pretty cool. I'm looking at it right now. And then, of course, the colors were done by Rhonda Patterson, or Rhonda Patterson, I should say. And once again, it's a beautiful-looking comic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like I, I really hope they don't change their art staff at all because – that was kind of what turned me off on, on the IDW series when I first started reading it, like with issue one. I didn't oh, really? Like the art style. Yeah, really? I didn't like it. It was just, it was too blocky looking and it looked kind of like, and no disrespect to the artist. Uh, Dan Duncan, I believe that was, yeah. It looked like he was trying to draw like Jim Lawson. Yeah. And, and unless you're Jim Lawson, don't do Jim Lawson. Do your thing. <laughs> You know, because only Jim Lawson can draw like that. And but once they hit this art style, it's like okay, it that's cool. I like that. It looks looks it just looks beautiful. Love yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. And they've I'll, stuck with it for a long time. Really yeah, they've, they've kept it consistent. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You, know, you know, there was one that um, was written. I think it was issue fifty or fifty one. It was when they reset. It was after the big showdown between Splinter and Shredder. Uh, with that definitive end, and I think it was the issue after that, so I think that was issue 51. Whoever did that, that wasn't Manny Sanaluco, it was somebody else, but I liked their style, too. It, it looked uh, very similar to almost like the movie, I don't know, like the Turtles looked like the movie Turtles, you know, the yeah. 1990 movie Turtles. And I, I don't remember who did it, but I was like, wow, this is kind of refreshing, I like this. Yeah, especially the cover work, it, it really did look like the uh, Golden Hearts movie, yeah. I'll look it up right now. I've got the comic right in front of me. So it was drawn by Ken Gehring. Ken Gehring. Okay. Yeah, I, li- I like his art style. Yeah, that that. I mean, I'm looking at it right now. That does look a lot like the 1990 Ninja Turtles. That's really cool. And especially considering the changes in the story so far, I kind of thought they were going to stick with that art style. But I guess just one guy was just on vacation. Which yeah, is yeah, me too. Everyone needs a break. He was uh, in Dimension X. Oh, man, stay out of there, man. I know. The only bad things come from there. Yeah. Oh, well, well, nice reference there. <laughs> I remember. I remember. <laughs> sweet, sweet. 
That was the first episode of yours I listened to. So that was really know, yes, that was the first one. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know that. Wow, that's cool. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, man, you're gonna have to help me carry me with this because I've not read this since uh, last week. So I kind of forget the names of the the Utrams. I know they're very upset right now because some of the Utrams, especially the the uh, warlord look- looking one, is still in the oh, stasis yeah. mode. Yeah, Chirel. Chirel, there you go. Chirel, yeah. And the only reason I remember him, because I, I just cannot say the Utrams' names, so I just make up <laughs> names for them. So it's just like Cagney, Lacey, Bonnie, and Clyde. I don't know. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and JoJo. And JoJo, and their bizarre adventure, yeah. So, um, But yeah, the only reason I remember Chirel is because he was Shredder in the 2003 series. But everyone else, I just... Hmm. I just cannot. Maybe I'm dumb. I just cannot no. say their names. Ah, no. It, it's it's a neutron thing. It is, yeah. Yeah, so, you know, so they're huddled around Donatello, and um, why they look like they're angry at Donatello. Okay, so, oh, I can tell you why. Okay, so they're actually, um, it's a scene that's basically killed the messenger here, because Donatello was talking to them about Fugitoid's last kind of, not orders, but the last thing that he remembered uh, Fugitoid telling him before Leatherhead dismantled him. Um, and it's the fact that the reason Shirelle is still in stasis is because Fugitoid doesn't want to let him out because on Dimension X, he's wanted for war crimes. Uh, very similar to General Crane. And uh, the female Utram that's talking that's actually nice to Donatello. I think her name is Ma Rael, I think. Um, she's talking about how she actually is kind of very disappointed in Krang trying to terraform Earth. And she mentioned something about how Krang could never uh, get out of the shadow of his father. So like that was and if you reread the uh, Attack on Technodrome storyline Krang is always talking to himself about how, you know, this will make you notice me, Dad. And I was just like, wow. That's, yeah. That's, that's, that's a tragedy, that yeah. character is. Uh, but basically, the Utrams are really angry at Donatello because they don't want, because he won't let Chirrell out of stasis. Mm-hmm. And they are basically, it is kind of. Uh, they're, they're all just very angry and disappointed at Donatello and comparing him to all the other creatures that live on any other dimension where they're just just quick to judge somebody without even knowing them. And I yeah. thought that was I thought that was really cool. It kind of a weird parallel on a character uh, because if you look at Chirrell, you can tell he's obviously evil. <laughs> I I'm sorry, maybe maybe you're I judging. I shouldn't judge people on outward appearances, but when they have horns coming out of their head, I know. I'm going to stay away from them. I know. Then when they got the furrowed brain eyebrows, I mean, what are you supposed to think? Yeah, when they're like frowning in their sleep, don't wake them up. <laughs> they're evil. Yeah, they're going to be violent when they get up. Probably have a so, nightmare. And then the story moves on, and they basically they're talking about how you know just we can't trust these earth creatures. And then there's a really nice reference to the turtles in time. Uh, miniseries where one of them recognizes Michelangelo and Michelangelo's like oh yeah I met you with Renette and yay fun times. I always always want to put the little note like see Turtles in Time. There's another book I gotta buy. Yeah, yeah I'm like right. oh, take my money. <laughs> yeah $12 adds up a lot. You know? Oh Just, I know. They get us every time I'm telling you. Yeah, every like, time. I got the, the Ghostbusters crossover. I've got the Turtles in Time one which I've actually not read yet and then uh, there was another one I bought not long ago and I, I, got, I got to look at my Comicsology account 
and I was up to like thirty some dollars. I was like, "Geez, I gotta stop." Man, you're only at thirty some dollars, man. Just... Well, I mean that that was like in a, in one month's time. I was like, "Geez." Oh, okay, yeah. <laughs> we see. I bought the the TMNT and Batman crossover, just the whole thing, because like the the graphic novel doesn't come out until August. Oh like, yeah, well, yeah. I got it on my Kindle, so I'm reading it on my phone. I was like, "This is super convenient," and then I realized that I spent like twenty five, thirty bucks on those comics. I was like, I know. Oh, man." <laughs> I know, and man. I did it, and I did it in five seconds too. I didn't even realize. I know it's so easy. It's at your fingertips. Yeah, man. It's oh man, I'm Dangerous. talking about quitting smoking, right? Yeah. No, man. You got, you got a quick Kindle. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, so in comes um, uh, Leatherhead, and he is apparently or seemingly bleeding from his, uh, I guess, his left arm. Uh, and he, you know, he goes up to Michelangelo and he says, "Oh, there's been a vicious attack. Uh, I, I need your help." And basically what he's doing is he's luring Michelangelo right into the trap. Uh, this was so smart. It was very smart. Very smart because he's, he's kind of taking them one, you know, one by one here and leading them off. And for some reason, like, and you know what? You, you nailed this. You, you, th- you, you knew that there was something going on that he needed Donatello for something. Mm. Uh, and that's exactly what he's doing. He's getting all the turtles away from Donatello for a particular reason. Um, yeah, and of course we know from the last issue that he was turning on the turtles. Um, mm-hmm. That he uh, beats up the poor stone soldiers um, and might have even killed. Well, I, th- I had thought at the time he had killed them. Um, I, I I thought he had tracked down. I thought he yeah. just like snapped his neck or something. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, it certainly looked that way. Um, but yeah, so we know all this all this time. Hey, Leatherheads, he's 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 up to something. This is serious. So uh he leads um oh so he, he gets Michelangelo and at 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 that same time Fugitoid uh barely comes uh, I guess to life uh, out of his coma, there you go. And was, uh, yeah, coma. <laughs> coma. Uh and uh Comas and Cliffhangers, man, they're that, awesome. That's <laughs> it, that's the IDW series in a nutshell. Comas, Comas and, and Cliffhangers. There you go. <laughs> I think we just found the title of our show. <laughs> oh, God. Kevin Easton's never going to be on this show ever again. Tom Waltz <laughs> never going to be on now. You know? <laughs> I know. Oh, it's great, though. Uh, so, you know, uh, Fugitoid's trying to tell him. He's like, don't go. Leatherhead did this. He did all this. And so, like, one thing that I thought was really – one thing that I thought was really cool but also kind of ridiculous at the same time was that Leatherhead tells Michelangelo, like, you got to go find your brothers. I'm hurt. I can't help them. They need your help. He's like, well, how am I going to find them? Because he doesn't know where they are. He mm-hmm. just knows that they're over there. And he's like, well, how do I find them? He's like, you can follow my blood trail. Okay. <laughs> I take serious issue with this because they were walking in, like, hip deep water. Yeah. In darkness. You know how much blood you have to lose to notice <laughs> Blood, blood on the water in the dark. It's like you're not walking around if you lose that much blood. No, no, unless you put it on the walls, and that just seems unnatural. I know, right? It's yeah. Like, yeah, it's just kind of like in dead space when they're like, don't go, written in blood on the, on the, <laughs> on the walls. Hmm, I think I'll walk in here. their limbs, you know? <laughs> <laughs> oh, gosh, that oh, that's a great game, by the way. But Oh, yeah. dude, I love oh, that game. Anyway, sorry. Yeah. Next we, we, we digress. So, yeah, so... um. Michelangelo, he's following the trail of blood and everything, and that's where he sees the stone soldiers, and he helps them up. He finds his brothers and everything. Uh, yeah. That that was very comforting to know that that, that Raph was okay, and uh, Leo, he's in here somewhere. Yeah, there he is. Okay, so he's yeah, in the shot there. too. Yeah. Okay, so so they're all three of them are okay, but mm-hmm. here's where we finally get the the backstory 
of why Leatherhead is doing what he's doing. So do you want to explain this a little bit? Yeah, this just – this – you want to talk about a good bad guy? This is how you do a good bad guy. It's called sympathy. It is called some hardcore sympathy because you find out that Leatherhead wasn't lying about pretty much anything about him, really. He just wasn't telling the whole story, which I can – you know, I understand. Yeah. But, like, he, he was mutated – uh, under mysterious circumstances, but then he was caught by uh, Krang and his stone soldiers, and Krang kind of raised him in a certain way. Mm-hmm. He educated him, he talked to him, but as long, but it was with a caveat that as long as things were going good for Krang, he was good to Leatherhead. Yeah. As soon as Krang had a bad day at work, or they ran out of uh, Milk. regular Mountain Dew, I don't know. Um, he would have Leatherhead tortured while he would watch him get tortured. He would watch him get electrocuted. Ah. And he was tortured so much that just eventually Leatherhead was just like untrusting of anybody, you know, just. Yeah. And, but it was just, it's like, man, I can, uh, I don't approve of what he's doing, but I understand what he's doing. You You know, know. I, that's that's exactly how I feel. Like I feel bad for him, and I think that's exactly where y- you need to go with Leatherhead. Because, again, we we've been saying this a lot. You know, Leatherhead, depending on what version you get, he's a good guy or a bad guy or he's in between or he turns good. You know, mm-hmm. so again, we've got a apparent villain, but like you said, uh, it's a villain you feel bad for. You know, yeah. which for me was like Old Hob in the earlier series. Um, especially when he had his micro series, I felt bad for him. I was like, I like this guy. Well, I'm gonna have to reread that micro series because you've told me to read that. It's a good. couple of times now. It's like I should, I, I, I've got it, and I should just go read it again, just because maybe I'm missing something. I may, maybe I'm, I'm pretty sure it's, it's his micro series. But basically, there's an altercation between Splinter and Old Hop when, I guess, before they were both mutated. Um. And it's powerful. Like I, I it made me feel bad for Old Hob, and it, not that Splinter was wrong in what he did, but right. it still made me feel bad about Old Hob because, well, I don't, I don't want to give it away. But you let me know what you think think of it then. And but this is kind of how I feel about Leatherhead. You know, here he is being tortured, and and now you know, he he's got this intelligence. He he's he for some reason he wants to. I mean, I don't condone the fact that he killed so many Utrams and 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 did what yeah. he did to Fugitoid, but at the same time, you can't... You understand why he did it. Yeah. So. And I love his defense. His defense for killing the Utrams was no defense at all. He's like, yeah, I killed you guys because you were the Utrams that I saw. The, the Utram yeah. that, you know, the guy that did this to me, I can't get to him, so I went for the next best thing. He's like, I know there's no logic there, but I did it anyway. You know? It's yeah, just, exactly. It's, at least he can own up to his own mistakes. I mean, like he's not just blaming somebody else for it. You know? No, 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 exactly. I really, I really do like this version of Leatherhead, and I really now it makes so much more sense when you realize he was basically in a kid, uh, a prison. Why he's wearing an orange jumpsuit? And I was like, that's, you know what? That's pretty cool. I kind of like that. I kind of like that design for him. The, it's a very minimalist uh, design, and he doesn't look too crazy outside of like mass. He's just yeah. big. You know? He doesn't look too. He doesn't look too much like a mutant, you know. Yeah. You know, like Pigeon Pete, just like is the grossest <laughs> I've ever seen. He's, he's the grossest character. Oh, I know it. I don't love his name. I just love that name, Pigeon Pete. 
I love that he can't cook, but he's convinced that he can. It's just I just want to see him on an episode of Hell's Kitchen. You know? Oh, just... that'd be great. Pigeon Pete needs to have his own series. Yeah, well, you know what? I'm reading the, uh, you were mentioning Old Hop. I'm, I'm rereading the, or I'm reading for the first time the Mutanimals miniseries. I, I wish they kept going with that. I really enjoyed that yeah. series. I, I, I thought they were going to, but you know what? I kind of get Old Hop a little bit because they showed a bit of his backstory and he was being experimented on. Yeah, yeah, and, that, and I think he was abused too before he was yeah. mutated. Yeah, so it was like, you know, I, okay. I really don't like that I'm going to end up liking Old Hob just because of all the crap I've talked about him. So I just really like that Mutanimal series, though. I, I, man. I did, too. I th you know, I thought that was going to be a regular run. I didn't know it was just going to be – I think it was only six or seven issues. But uh, yeah. I, li I liked what I read, and I liked the dynamic. I loved the Slash and Pigeon Pete and uh, – I forget the girl's name that joined them. Um, but there was uh, – Tanya, I think. Tanya, okay, okay. Yeah, she's another cat, I think, yeah. Yeah, yeah, uh, but man, yeah. I, I, and I, Ray Fillet is with them now too. <laughs> Ray, Ray Fillet, I forgot about that. Yeah, Ray Fillet's in the Mutanimals now. Yep, Mondo Gecko, my man, Mondo. Oh, the lobster. Uh, Who was a lobster? Was that? Um, I don't know. Or a crab? Uh, I forget. I think it was a hermit he was crab. A crab. Yeah, but he's like Colonel something. He's like a super military. He's funny. If there's any writers listening that uh, you know want to kind of get a feel for what we're looking for, bring the Mutanimals back. Well, I'd read them. Yeah, man. I, mean, I would love just like if like the next movie or the movie after that, if they could just do like a special feature on the Blu-ray and just make like a 10-minute Mutanimals movie. Oh, I'd love that. That'd be so cool. I, here's the hoping they show up in the Nickelodeon cartoon, but like better. Yeah, <laughs> <You know>? yeah. <laughs> they've got Mondo. They've got Slash. That's great. And even Pigeon Pete's in uh, the Nickelodeon series. Yeah. Uh, like, that stupid monkey. I can't stand that monkey. You know, um, <laughs> I just... Uh, oh, what was that monkey's name? I, I can't remember. Professor Cranium. Banana. Yeah, that's uh, it. Yeah. Something. Yeah. <laughs> I don't like him. Yeah. He's annoying. No, no. <laughs> but, um, but yeah, so uh, what happens here is kind of crazy. So Leatherhead, he, he lures everyone away, right? So uh, Dante, he, he's running after his brothers because he's finally figured all this stuff out. Yeah, and guess what? Leatherhead's alone with the Utrams, the remaining Utrams, and, and you know, and they are petrified. There's one panel where, <laughs> you know, it just shows his foot, you know, and like a silhouette of his clothes and everything, um, and the top half of him's cut off from the panel, and you just see all the Utrams looking up in just absolute terror about what's yeah. going to happen, you know, and I'd be scared too. I'd be scared too. Yeah, I mean, because, like, they, they're just dwarfed by him, you know? Yeah. I mean, they're dwarfed by everybody, but, I mean, especially <laughs> Leatherhead, you know? Oh, I know it. Oh, man. And just, and I mean, because they even realize, like, what are we going to do? You yeah, know? we're just, dead. We're dead. We don't yeah. have the Android battle suits or anything like that. We've got nothing to, to protect ourselves here. Absolutely. No, but then, just, like, proving once again why he is everyone's favorite turtle is Donatello <laughs> just with his new metal bow staff being like, hey, man. Back off. <laughs> yep. Just like, here's, here he is. He says to uh, the Utrons, he just says, get your people out of here. I'll take care of the rest. Yeah. And he just jumps feet first in the leatherhead. And yeah, he like catapults off of his bow staff. Yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, right right off the ground, hops up and uh, does like one of those kicks that you see from, um, oh gosh, the uh, the video game. Pole. Yeah, like a, a pole vault. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. uh, and then, uh, you know, when remember when you, the old school Nintendo 
Nintendo game where I think if you jumped and then uh, pressed B, you would do like that diagonal kick. Yeah. That's kind of what yeah. he does. Yeah, kind of what he does to uh, old Leatherhead right here. Really enjoy it. Yeah, it's, it's so cool to see just down at just the geek be like the hero of, yeah. of the issue here. Yeah. <laughs> I think I vicariously lived through him. Yeah. But uh, so anyways, uh, he, so he's got uh, Leatherhead down and you think, you know, he's kind of playing possum though because he goes to... Uh, put his uh, the bow staff by his face, and Leatherhead grips it and just throws Donatello against the wall. Like, really? Yeah. You thought that was going to stop me? Throws him around like a ragdoll pretty good. And then uh, uh, Leo and Raphael, they get, I think these were the stone soldiers? Yeah, they here? got their, their cattle prods or whatever they are. Just yeah. the, They've got the tasers, and they just start going to work on Leatherhead with them, yeah. Oh, yeah, zap the heck out, out of them, and... Uh, you know, I'm sure that's bringing back some horrible memories that he's had with uh, Krang and, and, and everybody. Uh, oh, so he, he mentions that, yeah. Oh, he does. Leatherhead brings that up. He's like, you know, because Leonardo's like, you know, we don't have to fight. And Leatherhead's like, Leatherhead says something uh, similar to, well, you didn't have to hit me with those uh, prison guard, my old prisoner's weapons, you know? Yeah. And... Yeah, so it's like, you know, you keep... He's just going to have a flashback of him being tortured in the jail cell. It's like, you don't want to fight him with those, man, because you're not going to win, because you're just going to get him too angry, you know? Yeah, and then he drags uh, Donatello away because he's got a, a purpose for him. He wants to go to New York City. But did we get a reason why? Is it just he wants to get away from the island? He wants off the island, yeah, because he can't live on the island now because it's terraformed to where only uh, people from Dimension X can live on it. Uh, so he, he knows that he realizes that it's well past time for him to join society, as it were, as much as he can. Yeah. Um, but I, I really like how he's doing, how he's going about it, where basically he just guilts Donatello into doing it, because he's like, you wouldn't be alive right now if it weren't for me. Yeah. You know, you'd still be in a robot body, you know? Oh, Absolutely. So, yeah, and so Donatello's even like, yeah, you know what? I owe him. So if he doesn't, if this doesn't make him our problem anymore, I'm just gonna do it. Just gonna let him go. Yeah, and and uh, despite the turtles' best efforts too, they try to uh, you know zap him some more and try to you know get him down. And he says, "Look, I'm I'm going." You know, he just he just walks into the thing. Not only does he guilt Donatello into it, but by this time he's got Michelangelo in a stranglehold, and he's very quickly suffocating him. Oh, so yeah, if, you know, I didn't see that. If you yeah. don't let me go, your brother's going to die. I mean, and what are you going to do about it? Right. You know? And does he take him with him through the teleport? Yeah, he takes him with him, and Leonardo and Raphael follow him. Donatello's still on Burnout Island, and he tells him that the professor can get me out of here. Don't worry, just go. Yeah, and I, and I think it's really interesting. So we get, uh, of course, we get the cut from uh, Burnout Island uh, to New York City after the portal opens up. And poor Leatherhead, he is just completely overwhelmed by all the busyness of the city. I mean, he's never seen anything like this. And, yeah. And I can I can imagine why, because, you know, here he is on this island uh, for, for years, uh, since the 1800s, he said. Um, yeah. Before he was transformed when the pirates, I guess, somehow dropped those cans of ooze and he got mutated or whatever. Um, mm -hmm. he, he'd been used to seclusion. And now, finally, after 200-some years... He's thrust into this this huge lit up you know metropolitan kind of world, uh, and it just really shocks him, shocks his system, and and he doesn't know how to take it. 
Yeah, you know, that is kind of his bad. I mean, like, he really did jump into the deep end. I mean, yeah. like, you've <laughs> never been in society, and you're going to go to New York City. Yep. It's like you couldn't have gone to, I don't know, Trenton, New Jersey or something. Like, just someplace <laughs> smaller. Go to Philadelphia. Go to – go. <laughs> Somebody throw a cheesesteak at him. It's, it's a little – Little can go to Boston, you know, go go someplace smaller than New York City, you know. Yeah, oh, absolutely. You know, he he did pick the uh, the the biggest city he could find, and uh, yeah. and he's just complete. He says, uh, I I don't know, so many smells, so many sounds, and finally he just snaps. He says, I'll deal with this later, and he just jumps into the water and he's gone. <laughs> Peace out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Sweet new water, I'm out. The thing that I think kind of because I think that's kind of weird. That he does that. It's not bad, but yeah. it's just kind of, all right, okay, fine, you're gone, but um, he'll be a problem in another four or five issues. But yeah. The docks that they're on right here, I know they're all docks and they're all the same anyway, but it looks like the same ones that a couple issues earlier, Slash left, you know, he, him and Michael. Oh, yeah. I'll see you later, and we're still friends. We're cool, but, you know, I just need to think about some stuff. And Slash is on the docks with Michelangelo. It's like, this looks like the same part of the river where they both jumped into. And I'm hoping... Oh, I see where you're going. That there will be a one-shot where, like, just Leatherhead versus Slash, where it's like, well, you're in my cave. It's like, well, I was here first. And just (laughs) rock them, sock them robots, you know? It's the whole... 30 pages of fist fighting. Exactly. I was going to say, no no plot advancement whatsoever. Just them beating the crap out of each other the entire issue. <laughs> just like the only plot you have is like Slash is like, you're green. And Leatherhead's like, you're brown. Fight. Just because they <laughs> don't understand each other. Uh, and they, they didn't even have to do like Mortal Kombat fatalities. You know, one, one of them's got to die. I mean, come on. Oh, God. No, you know what they need to do? Like the old school Mortal Kombat 3 brutality where he gets punched so much he explodes. So that's. But for the sake of, you know, more issues and stuff, you know, instead of them killing each other, they'll just do babalities or a friendship. I know. Yeah. <laughs> babality. God. Yeah. Just... <laughs> oh, God. Just, just because I think it would be the funnier ending, not that he would lose the fight, but just right. seeing a baby slash would just be. <laughs> The most scary, adorable. It would be like an actual baby. It would just be kind of scary but adorable, you know. So, so ugly. It's it's cute. It is kind of cute. You just gotta be careful how you hold him because he's got a spiky shell, you know. So yeah, looks kind of like Bowser. So well, there you go. There you go. One of the little Koopas. There you go. But yeah. So uh, and basically that's it. That's all we see for um, Leatherhead. He's gone. Uh, but you know, it definitely leaves. It leaves things open for, you know, what's going to happen then. Why, what business could he have in New York City? Um, but then, so the Turtles are like, okay, well, let's go see what Trinner, uh, Splinter's up to. And then this is, describe this panel, man. This is crazy. The very last page here? Yeah, yeah. Oh, gosh. Okay, so it ends on a very, it's seemingly a positive note with Raphael, Leonardo, and Michelangelo talking about, hey, why don't you come hang out? Why don't you say hi to Dad? And he's like, Michelangelo's like, yeah, you know, I'm just going to go home. And Raphael is the one that understands. I really like this about Raph. This is why Raph is my guy, because he's like, you know, the kid's grown up. Let him be who he wants to be for Yeah, I, I like that too. Don't come back. You know, because Raphael, out of, all the, out of all the turtles, knows that no matter how far they get away from each other, they all know they're going to end up back together. So I really liked it, and then they're like, well, you know, wait, what's going on? And they hear something in the foot uh, compound, and there's Kitsune, 
with with exactly like I said, mm-hmm. with her hand on Splinter's collar about to punch him out and he's like halfway unconscious. Well, she's got a dagger and, in her other hand, yeah. Oh she, oh yeah, she's gonna stab him. Okay. I was like, oh my I, gosh, I was, she's gonna kill him. Yeah. And then you see like forty, like ten or twelve or however many foot soldiers just on the ground, probably dead, and Alopex in the background fighting um I just looks like the, the last remaining foot soldier there, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, and it's just, and then it's just says, and the worst part about it is at the bottom of the page is to be continued. I know. <laughs> and now I have to wait thirty more days for this book. So you know, and, and the thing that we haven't seen this particular confrontation since the deviations issue, you know, yeah. and yeah. Kitsune was responsible for killing Splinter in that one, mm-hmm. and I'm thinking, oh gosh, if anyone could do it, I guess Kitsune could. Yeah. Uh, and I don't want this to happen. I hope that's not a road they go down, at least not yet. I'm not ready for it, man. Well, you know what? I mean, man, they, they, you've got to do something. You, you kind of have to. But you think you think it's time for him to go? Like, I know what's going to happen, but... I honestly, I think that if he was going to go, it would have been an issue 50. You know, like him and Shredder would have killed each other. And oh, considering we're not even ten is we're not even a year away from issue fifty happening, I don't think it's going to be this soon. I I think maybe, yeah, you know what would be cool? Yeah, he he Kitsune does kill Splinter. Let's say that happens, but then with how much time Splinter already spends on the astral plane anyway, he could always just be a spiritual advisor to the turtles. You know, so he's gone, but he's not gone. And you, you know? know what? If you if you were gonna kill him off that way, I would be okay with that because he's still there. It would lose its effect if they did that yeah, again. If, you know what I'm if saying? You just do it again, yeah, yeah, yeah. And I mean the the issue where Donatello died that was just last year, you right? Know? right. And that's that's too soon. I mean. I, I don't I don't think it's gonna I, I think they are gonna wait because I mean I know we've said this before but like I mean Kevin Eastman told us like they've got a hundred issues plotted out that's what I'm thinking I think they're gonna save it for like a 75 or a hundred if they were gonna yeah. do it you know yeah yeah issue hundred that'll happen or like issue hundred he comes back or something like that oh, yeah yeah so, something huge I mean you know it's gonna happen and I and I thought this was interesting uh, Alapex I mean he was he was fighting alongside of um uh what's her name Angel Angel, yeah. angel, yeah, uh, for the uh, with the purple dragons. So mm-hmm. obviously, Kitsune has taken control of uh, her again. Well, yeah, that's that's been a thorn in my side for so long in this series because Kitsune has just basically been uh, just pun not intended, but just dogging Alapex this whole time, <laughs> just like mentally, just like hey, yeah. you know, I've got you under my thumb. You'll just and you won't even know it until it happens. You know. Yeah, it's just like okay, finally after fifty-eight issues, you're finally doing that, it's, right? You know, they played the long con with it, you know, and and not to mention if if Alpex comes too and she realizes she's killed some of Splinter's foot soldiers, you know, that's gonna really mess with her. You know, she's gonna be like, oh, I did this, I did this, you know. Yeah, and you know what? Like issue, I I'm willing to bet that like the next issue will really play around with Alpex just messing up the turtles big time because there is also a little bit of a hint of maybe i just read too much into it but there is a bit of a hint of a romantic interest between alapex and Raphael. and i really i didn't catch that yeah there is kind of like she's very at least on her side she's maybe not romantic but she's like really trying to gain his affection 
like his approval, you know, like she's kind of into him. Huh. And, and Rash played like, it cool. He's like, yeah, whatever. I'll, I'll catch you later. Yeah. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Just classic. I don't, I don't see it. It's not there. You know, it's, it was not too long after Donatello died, I think. Oh, okay. I'll have to reread that. She's just like trying to cheer him up and he's like, what are you doing? She's like, nothing. And he's like, oh, all right, fine. oh interesting. Interesting. Yeah, schoolyard stuff, you know, <laughs> that kind of stuff. But just like pulling on the pigtails and everything. Right. Do you like me? Check yes or no. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. Oh, man. I completely forgot that I used to do stuff like that. Oh, I was, gosh. I was the worst teenager. Man. I was the I was the biggest door. I mean, I'm still a dork. I mean, geez. Uh yeah well I'll have to double check that about uh, Alpex and um, Raph but I you know you, that's something we've not seen a lot of you know they've not even really teased it much with Casey and April they they've they've done done a little bit between the two but there's really been no love interest at all the entire yeah, series well, well yeah Casey and April yeah but they went straight into like I like you you like me so we're just gonna argue with each other all the time that's yeah what, yeah that's what theirs has been it's kind of like man you know can we I know I know life and death situations all the time but can we see Casey take April out you know and <laughs> just like go to a movie and just see what a date with those two would be like you know it's just and and I'm not complaining about the series at all I mean they're just kind of the series if nothing else is just like this is big time action, huge stakes, yeah. really dramatic. Nobody's got time for any of the, I don't want to say the heartwarming stuff, but just like the, the little things that you just would ultimately skip over if you were just reading. Like this is like the filler issue would be April and Casey going out for dinner or something like that, you know? Oh, yeah. And that's, and that's fine. And that really is. And a lot of it kind of hinged on... I don't know if you read the April and Casey miniseries. Oh, uh, yeah, I was about to say, I've not read that, yeah. Yeah, it, it, that went really deep into them to relating to each other because of their vast differences, because April and Casey are so different from each other. Mm-hmm. And, like, you know, they're in the first issue, they're talking about stars, and uh, April is talking about the first time she ever saw stars, her dad got out this big telescope and he's explaining, he's naming each one of them and telling them what constellation there is, what constellations are out there, which one's directly above them, how to find the big dipper in the North star. And Casey was like, the first time I ever saw a star, my dad beat me up and he made me sleep on the roof. You know, oh, wow. <laughs> that was the first time I saw stars in the sky and I was like 12 years old. And she's, and she's like, Oh wow, man! You can't—that's a can of worms you don't want to open right there, you know. <laughs> yeah, and but it is really cool. I mean, like it is a very minimalist story, like especially in like the last two issues because mm-hmm. it's a four-issue series. There's not a lot of dialogue. It's really told through facial gestures and just actions. It's it's a very art-driven story, but it's it. You see how much Casey and April love each other. You know, or or are starting to love each other. You, you see how much they mean to each other. Do, do you know what timeline this would have been? Was this, was this right after City Fall? It was right before the uh, the tournament that Shredder had for the Turtles, where like you know. Oh yeah. It was right before, in between issue, right after Donatello died, right before Shredder died. It was right in between there. Okay, so uh, I guess late forties, I'd say something like yes. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Ah, I'll have to check that out, man. Yeah, it's it's not bad. It's just as long as you don't mind it not being dialogue heavy. Oh, I don't mind that at all. Yeah, because I love I 
I love dialogue. I love banter and interplay between characters. And when I first read it, I was a little disappointed, but I went and reread it maybe a month ago and I was thinking, and I totally got what they were doing. They wanted you to actually look at the characters yeah. and see the words that weren't being said. Plus, And plus it's a Rat King story. I can't go wrong with Rat King, no. Yeah, I love Rat King, man. That's, that's, if you ever do an episode, in fact, I want to throw this idea out to you. I want to do an episode of Tales of TMNT issue four. Oh, I'd love to. The first appearance of Rat King, I really want to talk about that issue. Hey, why don't we do that next time? Because I know we'll probably have another couple weeks before the next issue of the comic comes out. Well, there you go, yeah. There we go. You can find it on Comixology. You can find it. It's in the first Tales of the TMNT collections on uh, Comixology. Oh, cool, cool. I didn't know that. Yeah, totally, man. I'm there. I can't wait. I'll reread that anytime. Yeah, me too. (laughs) Well, sweet, man. Well, um, so to wrap up this uh, this issue, I mean, first of all, uh, how many slices of pizza would you give it? I'd give this one just, it's, it's, don't take this the wrong way. It's a six. You know, it's okay. It's an okay issue. It's. It's kind of this is the cold pizza of yeah. <laughs> Ninja Turtle comics. Yeah, you know, okay. Like it's cold pizza is not as good as it could be, but you're going to eat more than one piece anyway. So. <laughs> you're still going to eat it, absolutely. Well, yes. you know, and I noticed that that's a little bit lower than your ranking for the last issue, which was also a filler issue. So were you kind of disappointed with the way things ended up with Leatherhead, or you think that's the way it was supposed to be? I think you know what I, I the Leatherhead thing. I was I was more joking than anything else. Yeah, I, I kind of knew that Leatherhead. I once you said Leatherhead's a bad guy, I was like, yeah, he is. <laughs> I but but no, it was just kind of like it. It just the ending of the last issue in my head, and maybe it was just me expecting too much, and not in a bad way. Not not sure. to say anything negative about this series. But I, I kind of expected this issue to pick up with the fight between Leo, Raph, and Leatherhead, and it happened all off-panel. Yeah, you didn't yeah. Fight. So I was just so that kind of took it down for me a bit, and I'm yeah, really hoping next issue is not just another filler issue. You know, I'm really hoping it's not. So about a six, six and a half. I'll give it a six and a half. It's oh. it's good, not great. So nice, nice. Now, now does that half include the uh, crust or? Oh no, half a slice. There you go. There you go. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. <laughs> I like the crust. It's like my kid didn't want the crust. Dad, will you eat this? Yeah, sure. I like crust. It's bread. I love bread. Yeah, yeah. especially if it's stuffed crust. Oh man, I'm all about that. I like. Well, I, I try to stay away from that because that's just. <gasps> I do. It's not bad. I like <laughs> stuffed crust, but you're not thirty yet. You realize you have to let some things go. I know I'm already, well I'm already I I know what you're saying. Yeah, so it's like if I get a stuffed crust pizza, I'll eat one piece including the stuffed crust. Every piece after that, my dog gets the crust. So <laughs> it's, I'm not happy about it, but I want to be able to look down and see my feet. So it's, it's just the way it's got to be. I hear you, man. I totally yeah. I can relate. Yeah, I, you know, I'd give it about a 7 out of 10. You know, I I think the only gripe that I have with it was that it abruptly ends, you know, so quickly when he gets transported to New York City, and he's yeah, just like, "Oh gosh, yeah. this dude's stressful. I'll, I'll I'll catch you later." But the whole time, <laughs> I, the whole time he's talking about, "Hey, you know, I gotta get out of here. I gotta go to New York." You know, so there's this huge, huge buildup, and then he finally gets there, and then he jumps in the water real quick. But still, yeah. I, I get, I get why they did that because you don't want to drag out too much. You you want to make sure there's plenty left over for for next time uh, with Leatherhead and. 
I like that the fact that they have unfinished business. Um, so I understand mm-hmm. why they did that. And I do like the fact that they protected his character. He's still kind of an in-between character. I almost feel bad for him in a lot of ways. So I thought the writing was really strong there. And, and of course, that last panel has got me going. Yeah, yeah. The the writing is never my complaint in this series. Oh, no, it, no. The, the writing itself is not... If nothing else, this story is just making me think of what I would love to see next. Like, yeah. <laughs> I really... I mean, just as we were talking about, you know, Leatherhead bumping in the Slash and fighting, you know what? Maybe I don't want to see Leatherhead and uh, Slash fight each other. Let's see Leatherhead and Slash team up against Bebop and Rocksteady. Oh, that that's the fight you want to see. That's that, a good that's fight. A fight. Oh, especially with how just invulnerable Bebop and Rocksteady are in this series. So you just cannot hurt them, you know. So it's like that you need someone like uh, Slash and Leatherhead to take them on, you know. Yeah, exactly. I was about to say this, the same exact thing. You know, Bebop and Rocksteady they made them a force to be reckoned with, and uh, oh, it's, so it's scary, gonna. Man. Oh yeah. yeah, and and it's gonna take you know. Somebody like Slash and somebody like Leatherhead to just put a dent in their armor a little bit, but uh, yeah, 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 I'd love that. I love how they're not dumb in this series either. They're not. I mean, because Bebop and Rocksteady in the cartoon, they're funny and they're really charming because oh, they're yeah. just they're just <laughs> kind of they're idiots, you know? They really are. But in this one, yeah, they're simple, but they're not stupid at all. They're just they're just basic. They're ruthless too. Yeah. Yeah. They they think it's funny like they they tear up uh, Donatello and they're laughing about it, you know. Yeah, that's that's oh god, that's unforgivable, man. Yeah, you know? it's just, <laughs> yeah, it really is. But I I really like Bebop and Rocksteady. I like how just massive they are too. Oh, I know. They're, they are just a threat. Just mm-hmm. for the first time, they're a threat. And they've been yeah. gone for a while. You know, we really don't know what happened to them after um, Splinter took over the Foot Clan. You know, so they've been gone for quite some time. They got beat up and they just walked out, you know? Yeah, really, really hoping to see some turf war between them and the Mutanimals or something. You oh, know, I because love that. I want to say they were mentioned in issue 51. Like, you saw them very briefly, like, you know, ever since this happened, these guys are over there in that sector of the city. These guys are over there. We don't, or they are, and, but they showed them. So, you know, they're alive. You know, they're out there. They're just biding their time. That's good, man. Yeah. Well, all right, man. Well, so uh, to close out today's episode of the IDW Mutation Station, uh, what type of pizza would you like to have today, man? Uh, you know what, man? I always pick the pizza. You pick the pizza. Oh, okay. I, I want you to pick the pizza today. Well, you know, it's it's summertime. It's uh, it's getting there, and uh, I'm, I'm a teacher, and this was my last technical day with the kids today. Uh, so uh. tomorrow's a teacher work day. It's going to be an easy day. You know what? I'm feeling something summery, so how about a... I don't know, uh, barbecue pizza. Oh, okay. You know, I've never had barbecue pizza. You know, I, I've never personally had it. I know there's actually a pizza stand right up the road from us that uh, they have that, but uh, I've never tried it. I've seen it. My kids like it, but like barbecue chicken or something like that. Yeah, just, yeah. I've had buffalo pizza. I just don't. I can't do buffalo, man. I get like spicy food makes me sick. Oh, really? Yeah, it really does. Like, like violently. Like, I'm throwing up and stuff. Like, oh I my just goodness! Yeah, jeez. Can't do it. So it's just like whenever, like, <laughs> I would listen to the Super Show with you and Landon. Oh yeah. And it's just like I could just imagine like you wanted me on the show, but so I'm like trying to podcast with you outside the window of the restaurant, just be like, hey, <laughs> yeah, I'm out here drinking water. Yeah. <laughs> I like Goonies. Yeah. <laughs> we took you to a Wings restaurant and you bought a hot dog. What are you doing? <laughs> Get him out of here. <laughs> Oh, that's awesome. 
<coughs> well, so, okay, man. Well, you know what? This will be a first for both of us, so we'll, we'll do the barbecue. <laughs> All right. What kind of meat's on? You know, I, I, I'm guessing uh, pulled pork. Oh, man. Wow. Yeah, yeah. I'm just going to try it. We got to try that. Yeah, we got to do it. <laughs> I'm not even joking. I want to go do that right now. <laughs> All right. All right, dudes and dudettes. Well, here's to hoping you enjoy your barbecue pizza. Cowabunga, dudes. Cowabunga, everyone. This ever, man. Ah, thank you. <laughs> Handsome guy. I, I'm, I'm jealous. Jeez. <laughs> you must be expecting a difference of opinion. So. <laughs> no way. Oh, no, I was please. just uh, posting on Facebook about our podcast, so if anybody had any questions, they can ask us. Oh, look at you taking initiative, man. I forgot Try to think about that. Well, you know, nah, whatever. <laughs> man, show no, show just, me up, man. Make me look bad. <laughs> Ah, <laughs> oh, no problem. It ain't that hard. <laughs> oh, I hear you, man. People are busy. Yeah. You know, we all get busy, you know. That's true. We don't get paid for this either. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's, it's, we squeeze it in where we can. <laughs> it's something you do because you love it, man. Absolutely. Absolutely. No it's our baby. That's well, right. Well, you know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. I don't want to talk about that anymore. <laughs> Well, sweet, man. Um, well, yeah, well, uh, I got the comic pulled up on my comicology thing, and uh, I was just going to mention some real quick things as far as news goes, uh, and we'll just get right into the comic. What do you say? Yeah, that sounds good. All right, man. Uh, and it is 8.07. It's my goal to be done. I know. I always say this. <laughs> uh-huh. My goal to be done by 9. Because okay. nine's about my bedtime. I- I'm old. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> no, I- I'm getting there. I'm getting there. Still 29, though. <laughs> Keep holding that over my head. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, all right, man. Well, I'll take us in. Unless you want to do it. Uh, no, it's not. I'm, you sure? It's all you. Yeah, go for it. Go for it. I'm more of a co-host. All right, buddy. Well, you got it. If you're listening, I wanted to go ahead and publicly thank you, whoever you might be. So let me... Oh, I should have prepared for this better. <laughs> Don't edit this. This is great. This place can bring up a radio. <laughs> yeah, this dead time. Listen, just love dead it. silence. <laughs> yeah, speaking of crossovers, I'll have to tell you about this later, but I'll, I'll throw out a teaser right now. Um, we're hoping to do a little crossover very soon. Hopefully. Hopefully. We'll see, we'll see what happens there. But, uh, might be one of our, our friends in the Ninja Turtle community. Maybe. Uh, I hope so. Uh-huh. We'll find out. <laughs> All right. We're in talks, I think. Well, basically, I'm throwing out the idea. I've not heard anything back yet. <laughs> so I'm in talks. Oh, oh Rob. They I'm gave, sorry. That wasn't their number they gave you. They just wrote down the Pizza Hut number. You know, just, <laughs> just to get you to get, you know, come on. That's it. That's all it was. Yeah. He's cute, but no, sorry. It's yeah, okay. story of my life. <laughs> <laughs> You know, it's, it was not too long after Donatello died. Oh, okay. I'll have to reread that. She's just, like, trying to cheer him up, and he's like, what are you doing? She's like, nothing. And he's like, huh. Oh, interesting. Interesting. Yeah, schoolyard stuff, you know? <laughs> <laughs> but just, like, pulling on the pigtails and everything. Right. Do you like me check yes or no? <laughs> 
Oh god. Um, I completely forgot that I used to do stuff like that. Oh, I was god. I was the worst teenager. I was the I was the biggest door. I mean I'm still a door. Look at me, but, but uh, I'll cut this. I'll, maybe I'll put this in the bloopers. But I remember this one time. Uh, I was so afraid of girls. Uh, when I was 12 or 13, there was a girl, a really, really sweet, pretty girl and stuff. She, she said, she sent me, a, she passed me a note, and it said, I think you're really cute. Do you like me? Or no, no, I just, I think it just said, I think you're really cute. And I was so scared, I didn't say anything back to her. I just said, oh, thanks. <laughs> oh, God, that's worse. Oh, I know. I, and I'm thinking, I should have said, you know, I always replay that. I'm like, I should have said she was cute, too, because she was. But I was too much of a wuss. Yeah. Oh, gosh. Killed me. Um, see, like, I, I was actually worse than that, because, like, you were afraid of girls. I was not. <laughs> 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 I was just, I was an arrogant, arrogant person. Really? I, oh, I can't see yeah. That. When I can't it came see like, yeah, because it was kind of like, you know, like some, some girl would say, I think you're cute. It's like, well, duh, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Man, just me just Yeah, you and everybody else. <laughs> <laughs> you and everyone else. It's just like, yeah, and that's why, that's why I, uh... That's what made me figure out that Nicole was the woman I needed to marry because, like, <laughs> just you like, said you were ugly. None of that, none of that was stuck on her. What did you say? <laughs> Sorry, I was like, what? She said you were ugly. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Yeah, exactly. I had to work to get Nicole's attention. Ah, you know? oh, what about that? Yeah, because she was like, you know, you know, she's like, I don't want just some idiot. I want a guy to share my life with. I was like, no, I want to be a guy. <laughs> I, I, I want to be a man, you know. <laughs> what about that? Well, hey, there you go, man. Hey, it, it worked. Yeah. Apparently, yeah. yeah. Apparently, yeah. <laughs> pretty, pretty good. You must be a pretty good guy. So when you're in trouble, don't give in and go sour. Try to rely on your turtle power. 